0: Some listeners may find the following content highly disturbing and controversial. Listener discretion is advised. So grab your drink, grab your dog, and let the fuckery begin. This This is is Liquor and Luminol. Luminol. Welcome back to Liquor and Lumina. I'm Haley. And I'm Emily. And before we get started, we need to say thank you to all of our listeners because we just like looked at the numbers. We looked at our stats, at our, our s- baseball stats. Yes, yesterday. And um, for something that was a passion project we never thought would be anything. We sure do have a lot of it, <laughs> you guys. And we appreciate and it. And we appreciate it. We have no idea... I, I mean, I don't know. I probably need to figure out how to look and see how many people have subscribed to us. I need to probably do that. So we have no idea if you've just stumbled upon us. If people even come back for more. Please come back for please more. Please come back for more. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact we only thought that, like, our family would listen to this. Yeah. my, my family's not that big. And my family doesn't live in Norway. Yeah, Norway, Norway and Germany. UK. In the UK, freshly on our freshly list. Freshly on our list is, is the, the UK. UK. In states I have not been to. Countries I have not been to. So yeah. thanks, guys. Thanks. Um, today, I'm pretty excited for this one. Emily is too. We are doing Dennis Rader, also known as BTK Strangler, which stands for Buying, Torture, and Kill. And we're kind of excited about this one because it's close to home like a homegrown one yes in, in a way in a way it took place in park city kansas which is a suburb of wichita kansas which we are currently in kansas we are we're in kansas city kansas city kansas city but people get confused because they're like kansas city kansas oh yeah well we are in kansas, kansas side, side. The but kansas city kansas is like nothing so when people say kansas city they mean missouri and me being from missouri is very I'm very passionate about that. <laughs> there's there's a fine line. There's a fine state line. There's a fine. Oh, line. there's a fine line. Harry Styles, are you listening? <laughs> I, we did have a hit in the UK, we so did. don't even get me started. <laughs> I will spiral if he's heard my voice. <laughs> but um, either way you spin it, either yes. if you're in Kansas City, Missouri, or Kansas City, Kansas, Wichita, and/or Park City is roughly three, three and a half hours away. Yes. A hop, skip, and a jump away. Yes. Fun fact about Wichita, just throwing it out there, they have a little, um, I don't know, we'll call it like a, it's a man-made like pond, like type thing. Okay. They have, it's like a little walkway around it, Mm -hmm. and they have grates, and they've put fake trolls in under the grates. Trolls. Trolls. Little gremlins. I've seen t- it with my own eyes. Bullshit. I'm not fucking kidding you. If you Google, like, is it like an art piece? I'm yes, it Okay, is. I'm googling. What did I Google? Um, Google Wichita. Wichita trolls. Lake trolls. Wichita pond trolls. Pond trolls. And they put lights. Like the lights turn on. Yeah. Haley's face right now. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. I just I'm want you to this know. On her but yes, we're gonna put at least one to two pictures of these trolls. On the Instagram post for today, it, I, mm. I physically like, saw that. You, you've seen this. I've so seen So Why them. am I going to show you? What the fuck, man! I used to have to travel to Wichita for my old job, and so I would. They would put me up next to this shit, and I'd have to sleep there, knowing that there were fucking knowing trolls were next trolls to me. And noting that Dennis Raider was knowing that Dennis Raider was there, and there's fucking trolls being contained what in a the lake system. Fuck, man. I've been to Wichita. I was actually which in Wichita beginning of 2020 before. Oh, there's a person on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, Last time I went to Wichita, it was before COVID 2020. I went to a concert there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What concert did you go to? It was Jason Aldean. Oh! Yeah. Jason Aldean. You Jason make Aldine. it easy. You know, I love that freaking <laughs> song. Don't even get me started. Don't even let me sing it. Yeah. And then... I think Morgan Wallen opened up for him, which now he's controversial. Yeah. R.I.P. Morgan Wallen. But yeah. I mean, at the time, it was <laughs> at the time, at the time yeah. he wasn't as controversial. I do like that whiskey glasses song. Uh yes, and I love. Oh, what's that one fucking song? I don't remember. I don't. Oh know. yeah, you told like chasing you, chasing you. Yeah, love that song. Can you tell that we're country? Because we're talking about <laughs> all country. I really song. don't listen to country music anymore. I don't either. I just know. I just know shit. You just know shit. All right. Well, anyway, so we had that whole roundabout was that we have some knowledge of the area. Yeah, we know the lay of the land we out know- here. Yes. So we know what the fuck we're talking about. So listen up. <laughs> so Dennis Rader, or BTK, um, over three decades, he would put fear into the lives of the community. He taunted the police, and he even sent Zodiac-esque letters to police state or police stations, no, news stations, and. The newspaper and it was funny. He kind of, like I said, did zodiac Zodiac esque letters, but he said he never looked into the Zodiac, which I think is bullshit. Yeah, he fucking knows what he was doing. Yeah. Piece I, of shit. I think that you're gonna find out he loved connecting himself to other serial killers. Yeah. So I think he read about the Zodiac but was like, No, I came up with that and yeah, was like this oh. is totally all me, but nothing was ever fucking out of Dennis's mind. It was Pieced together through different fucking serial killers. Yeah, he he wasn't original. No, he wasn't. But and he s- also like, re- I think I told you this when we first started researching this. I don't know if it's just because we're in such close proximity to where these took place, but this one freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, it's weird, and especially like, cause, I mean, obviously, like if you like when we were researching, like you can find out these fucking addresses. Yeah. I Google mapped a few of them, and I just, like, fucking, like, sat at my computer, just, like, looked at them, and I was just like, do these people fucking know what happened at their house? Like, I'm just, you know what I mean? Especially, like, Mm -hmm. and we'll get into it, but there's one particular murder of a family. I'm like, somebody might fucking live in that house if that house is still up, you know what I mean? Yeah, I forget who I, which one I was looking into, but it just, like, showed the house on, like, Google Maps, like you said, and there it was, and then they had like, cars in the freaking driveway, like, somebody was still living there, I'm like, oh my god. It's just fucking weird to think about, and the fact that it was just so close to, you know, where we live now, so it's like, and especially, um, you know, the fact that when we were kids, he was still there. Yeah, I remember he was caught in 2005. 2005, yeah. And we were 10. Yeah. When, the, when he was, God, we just aged ourselves so much. Yeah, Hey, guys, <laughs> if you want to put some quick math together on how old we are. Um, but we were but 10. yeah. And I remember. Fifth, sixth grade? Yeah. I t- pro- no, I think it was fifth grade. Fifth grade. Because it was early in the year. Yeah. But I remember whispers of it. But I, at the time, I didn't know the magnitude of it. I'm not going to lie to you. And this is just for, Tell me. you know, to lighten the mood. When someone said BTK to me, I meant, did you mean BLT? I didn't know what they were talking about. And I was like, <laughs> you're like, I'm not hungry. I was like, no, I, I don't need a sandwich right now, and I don't like bacon or fucking tomatoes, so I'm okay. <laughs> you're like, mm, no, just an sandwich? Just lettuce? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Maybe put some honey roasted turkey on there and I'll eat it. But... <laughs> but yeah, that was, you know, I just remember distinctively that that's what I fucking thought they were asking me for a sandwich. And you're like, no. And then I think I went home and I like asked my mom or my dad, and I was just like. What's BTK? And they were just like, "Oh, what'd Jay say?" I don't remember. I just remember <laughs> it being like, "Oh, that's being talked about yeah, now. like at school. Great, yeah, <laughs> like a Christian or Catholic yeah, in a Catholic school." <laughs> and I was just like, "Well, this is awkward. I guess I won't ask anyone questions." You're like, "All right, I'll read I'll have a podcast one day and I'll yeah, read one just day, on day I'll have a podcast. It's guess what? It's come to fruition." <laughs> Before we get started, I want to throw in an additional disclaimer. Um, Dennis was a sexual sadist so everything he did was driven by sex so there's gonna be highly disturbing details that might be a little triggering for some of our listeners so listen with caution so we do know for damn sure there's gonna be more there's gonna be two parts yeah we're gonna split this up into two parts so I'm going to take over from the Otero family the first kill the, the first, first murder, murder. hmm uh to nancy fox yes because then after um nancy fox there's like a seven eight year window where yeah. he stops and yeah. then that's where Haley's gonna pick up in our part two yes and you're gonna talk a little bit about his life childhood how he came to be BGK. yeah yeah we're just gonna touch on his childhood because boy was fucked up <sighs> let's just let's just get that out there right now um yeah he had a lot of like psychological things yeah half of it i didn't really even understand yeah um i will say shout out to Parcast serial killers because mm-hmm. they do a great like deep dive into all the different like psychological disorders that dennis had yeah um parkas does a great job Car- Parcast, if you want us to be a part of your network. of your network please <laughs> please let us do that for reached you reached out to us at liquor and our people will be in touch with your people. Yeah, my people will get in touch with Haley will get in touch with you. <laughs> my people, Haley, will get in touch with you. <laughs> Haley, who runs our social media. <laughs> Haley, who's our social media director and also a part of the podcast. She's present here today. Well, we won't waste any more of your guys' time. Emily, start us out. Are you ready? For the top. Make it drop. <laughs> okay. Um, so, a little bit of backstory on Dennis before we get into... I don't know, more of him being a shithead. Um, So he was- Oh, I am, I'm sorry, let me just say right now, I am fully prepared, I hope you are too, this is the first time we said this, to completely ridicule this man. Oh yeah, I'm talking mad shit today. he scares, I'm going to admit, he scares the shit out of me. Like if he was not caught in 2005, I would still be eerie as fuck out there living not far from us. Living my cautious life. Yes, because like we said, we're what, three hours from Wichita where we're recording this right now, so mm, fuck that. So yeah, I'm, but since he's caught, we could freely talk shit because yes. what's he going to do? What's, Nothing. Uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about it, Dennis? Don't don't taunt him, please. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> so I'm completely prepared to fucking just fuck this guy. So a little backstory on Dennis. Uh, he was born in 1945 in Pittsburgh, Kansas, and he was the eldest of four boys. Um, his mother worked at a grocery store, and his father worked for the railroads. And... The whole town and everybody that they knew described their whole family as quiet and polite people, which yeah. just like mi- made me normal laugh. middle America. Yeah, family. normal midwestern family. Like, oh, yeah. we gotta sneak right past you. Oop. Grab this can of green beans. Got, oh, ranch. Oh, I gotta get this ranch. You know, <laughs> let me sneak right past you. I'm just gonna sneak right past you here. Get my ranch with a casserole. We don't do casseroles here. We don't fuck with casseroles. Yeah, that's up north. Yeah. Unless it's green bean casserole and oh, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, fuck with that shit. Yeah. Only on Thanksgiving now? Only on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I won't eat that any other day of the yeah. year. But ranch? Ranch? Hidden Valley. Is that from Napa? It, no, hidden. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking. <laughs> Emily showed okay, me. Hey, sir. <laughs> Emily showed me this TikTok. And the fact that the spark of recognition, when I looked at her and said that, it was pure joy. She's like, oh, you remember I showed you that? <laughs> anyway. You showed it to me, like, earlier this week. And you, did. you come back with your phone. And you're like, <laughs> I'm so excited. proud. You like, were, I made it. You were like, I was sitting back in my cubicle. And you're like, can I show you a video? I'm like, always. And you're like, watch this watch this shit a taster <laughs> uh, oh from napa no hidden actually <laughs> say when say when <laughs> and he's like i'm not stopping <laughs> keep pouring that freaking hidden valley ranch all over that pizza oh god okay so um from a very young age dennis recalled being entertained by the sight of his grandma killing chickens mm-hmm. and i think it was for a period of time that they either lived within close proximity or they lived with the the grandma and And it was, like, on a farm. Yeah. Okay. And so that's why when she was – and I guess, like, his grandparents, he described them a little bit as, like, he thought that something was wrong with the both of them. Like, they both had, like, this dark side. And so he always – he was always trying to piece together from, like – I mean – obviously, like, when he had time to fucking reflect on what he was doing when he's sitting in a prison cell, um, he always had time to reflect on, like, you know, how could this have impacted me negatively here? Was this a part of, like, why I'm the way I am today? Like, all this, like, weird, like, self-reflection shit. And so he was saying that, like, his grandpa, like, he thought that his grandpa had, like, this weird dark side to him and that his grandma would just, like, sit there and, like, zone out sometimes like in a whole other world and it was like they were both compartmentalizing shit which is a huge part of what btk did was yeah. he just compartmentalized everything and he called it like cubing and shit yes. like one side of the queue was him as a family man one side of the key was him as the sadistic killer mm-hmm. and then the other side was um a pastor at the fucking church that he was a part of like all this like weird shit and he comes up with his own fucking terms that are you know whatever the fuck you want to call it um so back to his childhood so yeah he would always get entertained and like aroused by the sight of his grandma like beheading these fucking chickens or like strangling the chickens and so then he carried that into um the rest of his childhood and his teenage years and there's like later reports that like his friends at the time would like see him taking animals and like hanging them to kill them like he would take turtles out of like the lake and then fucking strangle them and i'm just like jesus christ dude i just that's pretty fucking rough like i know that like a lot of these serial killers like they kill animals and shit but i'm just like to take a fucking rope and hang a fucking turtle or like take it and just like fucking i don't know that shit creeps me out because like a part of the mcdonald triad for those of you who aren't aware is like they say if a child shows these characteristics that they could become a serial killer later in life and it's uh animal endangerment or animal killing fire setting and bedwetting yeah they said with doing research with all these different of serial killers and interviewing them, they found that they had these three things in common. Yeah, Um, or they had, like, two out of the three, or it it was, yeah, or three out of three, whatever Not saying if someone has no problems with these that they won't become a serial killer. It's not cookie cutter, so it's it's just saying that. Or it's, like, if you fucking, I know as a kid I let shit on fire a lot. I mean. And so far I'm not a serial killer. So far. far. And this is your cover doing a a podcast on serial killers. (laughs) So there's a pivotal moment in his life um, that would honestly kind of form who he was as a killer. Um, So when he was in school, there was an incident that took place where a teacher had, like, called him out on something and, like, embarrassed him or put him down. Um, And he was so mad at that particular teacher that that night he snuck to her house – crawled up into a fucking tree like a weirdo like a fucking owl yeah it's like a hoo. and he brought some rope with him and he was sitting in this tree tied the rope around himself i don't think it was like around his neck because like they said when i was researching like he would either tie it around like his hands or his feet like some part of him would be like bound together yeah and then he started watching her undress from her window and um he would masturbate yeah in oh. the fucking tree watching her um that's how he got off uh, you'll see that throughout all his shit is it's all has to do with ba- bound binding yeah like the or. yeah like voyeuristic mm-hmm. these weird sexual fantasies like the the binding of people yeah bondage i think yeah. that's the proper term Um, But this is where you first see, like, him associating, like, you know, tying himself up uh, and voyeurism and, like, trying to have, like, this power over people as, like, a sexual fantasy, which plays into every single murder and stalking victim that he, that he has. Um, So then just quickly to recap, um, in 1963, he graduates from high school Um, From 65 to 66, he attends Kansas Wesleyan University. Uh, He then drops out, and in 66, he enlists in the Air Force as a mechanic. Uh, In 77, he leaves active duty Air Force, and then in 71, he meets and marries his wife, Paula, and they met through the church. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I found it interesting when I was researching him that he got awards when he was in the Air Force and he still, from what research I have seen, I haven't, I didn't look into it, but he still has them. Yeah, like he didn't get them stripped away after all this shit no, fucking No, I mean, and I would think that he, they wouldn't be on his Wikipedia page if he got them stripped, but he got awards mm-hmm. for, so he was a staff sergeant, that was his rank, mm-hmm. and he got the Air Force Good Conduct Medal, which I think is good conduct suck my ass Good suck conduct. My ass. and small arms expert marksmanship ribbon um fuck you ribbon fuck you chicken strips yeah i just thought that was and the fact that he it was a marksman but he didn't kill anybody by shooting them well he he, he shot the he, one dude he shot he shot but they didn't kill him but he didn't kill him we'll get into that we'll get into that spoiler alert spoiler um god he's, yeah, so once he's married to Paula, um, this did not stop. Wait a second. I'm sorry, but he's a fucking marksman, and he couldn't even kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so he does need his fucking ribbon taken away. Am I wrong? No. You're going to sit here and tell me that I'm wrong? No, you're right. He didn't even kill him. No, he didn't. And he shot him, what, three times, four times? I think he shot him... Yeah, maybe two times. Like, but it, it, he never went back to make sure that he was fucking dead. He just made the assumption yeah. that, oh, because I just shot my gun. Yeah, you don't And th- the fact that he fumbled around with the gun and then shot it into her fucking bathroom. <laughs> and then, so despite being married uh, to Paula, this did not stop Dennis from having his fucked up sexual fantasies and disturbing thoughts. Um, he would often read these detective magazines that would depict images of, like, bondage and torture of women. Um, And then eventually he started to put his own twist on things and draw out scenes that he wanted to see um, based off of, like, what he was looking at and I don't know, whatever the fuck he was thinking of. Um, He would also call his sexual fantasies and these deviant mannerisms Factor X. (laughs) Like a... God, he just fucking makes me so goddamn mad. Because he... This is a constant throughout the entire fucking thing he's so arrogant and full of himself that he's naming every single thing wrong with him yes and so he just thinks he's a fucking know-it-all uh not only did he fantasize about killing women but he also wanted to humiliate them Um, And he would also research famous serial killers and learn their behaviors, which becomes apparent throughout all of his killings. So, like we said before, nothing that he did was original to him. Fuck no. And he just took bits and pieces of what he, quote unquote, liked from other serial killers and been like, ooh, that sounds cool, and, like, did it. Yeah, exactly. And we'll try and point out through this, like, oh, he got this from so-and-so, he got this from so-and-so, Yeah. to show that he's, like, just a fucking... And non-ordinary, non-genuine, not creative. Not creative. Dumb. Specimen. Dumb person. Um, dumb. <laughs> he would also call all of his victims projects and had, like, names for each of them. Um, and <coughs> this always – this made me laugh really hard. PJs. PJs. Um, but this also made me laugh because he – He's reported saying that he had to have everything planned out and he always had to have <laughs> his hit kit with him, which I think was derived from Ed Kemper, yes. if I'm not wrong. Yep. Um, and he would have to have everything planned out. He had to have all the supplies with him whenever he would go to these projects, even though he was a fucking idiot and he a was bumbling, bumbling around. Bumbling idiot. Every fucking crime scene and every murder that he committed, there was almost something... And all of them, that was unaccounted for. He was unprepared for it. Yeah. He'd fucking forget shit at crime scenes. <laughs> or there was just shit that he wasn't ready for. No. And I'm like, so how are you going to sit here and say that you're fucking prepared when no, you're goddamn not? Yeah. He just, he's a fucking stupid ass. Um, but <laughs> scientists said that Raider was the clear definition of a sadist because he would prolong his victim's death so that he could get pleasure from seeing them suffer. And, um. Sadus also had this weird thing like a sense of power and control um and that was literally all of his crime scenes were from that um and that he was just able to compartmentalize his life so that he could be um he's a father shockingly enough and then this horrific serial killer yeah and he would also he would he loved the element of surprise yeah so he would usually be in their house yeah, and like they, they would well, come home. like hours before yes. they would come home, and so, he'd just be like sitting in the bedroom waiting for yeah. them. Yeah, so it was the element of surprise, and he would also like talk them down, and yeah. give them like a false sense of security that like I'm just here for a little bit, I'm just a burglar, like yeah. it'll be okay, and then make them feel comfortable, and then kill them a lot like Ed Kemper. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It was like yeah, it, it is very similar to Ed because he would always, especially you'll see with the very first. Um, Excuse me. You'll see with the very first murders that he does that he was very considerate of yeah. their needs, full on knowing that he was in their house to murder them. Yeah. And which is very much like Ed Kemper yeah, because I, he was like, I. I didn't want to, um, when he was when he killed those two girls in, mm-hmm. the, in the car, he was like, I accidentally touched one of their breasts, yep. and I apologized profusely because I was so embarrassed. And I'm like, you're about yeah, to fucking kill her. I was just going to make that connection. Yeah, he would sit there and be like, if they felt uncomfortable or whatever, he would make sure they were comfortable. Yeah. Knowing damn good and well that he was about to kill them. Yeah, which is just fucking twisted. And weird. So let's get into the murders. His first killing was January fifteenth of nineteen seventy four. This was the Otero family, um, which was Joseph Otero. He was thirty eight. His wife Julie, she was thirty four, and they had they had a total of four children. But the two eldest kids were already out of the house and at school at this point, so there was just the two youngest ones, Um, Josephine, who was eleven, and Joseph Jr., who was nine. Um, they were all strangled in their home mm-hmm. and died. Um, so he had been watching them for a handful of weeks. And he actually worked at the same company, which was Coleman Company. They do like all that camping bullshit. Oh, yeah. Um, he, Julie had worked there and he had worked there as well. But what's fucked up is that I believe he was taking his wife to work one day And he happened to see Julie and her daughter out. And he told himself that his first victim ever was going to be Josephine. And she's fucking 11 years old. And, you know, they don't say that he was, like, a pedophile. Yeah. But I have a problem with with that not being, like... address because i'm like "Mm -hmm, yeah yeah. you were kind of you were fucked up yeah that's that if that's who you sought out and fixated on yeah well it's not like it was even the mom no it was the fucking 11 year old daughter Mm -hmm. and i just don't like that no Um, and he would also i mean you might have this in here but when he was stalking someone he called it trolling yeah he said that he would yeah when he was first picking them out it was trolling then stalking Trolling, then stalking, and then I think he would, you know, like, assign the project names, and then it would go into the actual, yeah. like, murder. So, again, just being a fucking douchebag. Yeah, I mean, being, like, being a fucking Not even douche. calling it, like, just trolling. Yeah, like, I think of that nowadays terms, like, an internet troll. That's what I think of when he says that, and then it just pisses me off. I'm just like, you know, you're fucking gross. He is like the fucking trolls in the grates at the fucking Wichita thing. Oh, my God. He is. He is. That's why they have those under there, I bet. Yes. I'm going to say this again. We'll put pictures of them on our Instagram yeah, so you guys can see what the fuck we're You talking need about. to be subjected to that. If I had to see it. <laughs> You if I had to, to see, see that in person, you have to see it now too. Yeah. So he had sought out the daughter um, as his first victim. So he's planning on somehow getting a hold of this little girl and then obviously and then getting a hold of her mother as well for both of them to yeah. be the victims. But it was mainly because of Josephine that he sought yeah. out this family, which is what. And I like heard somewhere that he had this fantasy, kind of like H.H Holmes, who had like this murder castle. Yeah, He wanted a murder barn. Yeehaw. Like a Walmart version <laughs> of H.H. <laughs> <H. H>. Holmes. <laughs> I was like, come on back. We got the toilet paper right back here. Barn. <laughs> a barn. And, a, and not a, like, you know, a murder castle like H.H. H. H. Holmes had. He was like, well, I'm going to get a barn. And in this barn, I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but he wanted a train in this barn because I'm sorry, uh, like a... A choo-choo train. Like a, like a full-size train or like, a I train... Think like a train section. Okay. Like a section of a train. Okay, like a caboose. Yeah. Okay. Because this is what he envisioned. All right. And got off on was the image of a woman being tied to the railroad tracks. Jesus, what is <laughs> this? A 1950s cartoon? <laughs> is this Popeye? so he wanted to take the mom and josephine oh if he had like that was his ideal thing is to have a murder barn i knew that he wanted to like take them (laughs) to an undisclosed location and like torture them but jesus christ i know Ah. so again he's pulling things from other serial killers like notorious you know yeah infamous serial killers jesus christ so such a Fuckhead. So around eight twenty to eight thirty in the morning of January fifteenth, uh, Dennis enters through their backyard and cut their phone wires. And, and that was his thing. Yes, he always he he didn't use the front door. He used the back door and cutting the phone lines. And, and, he, and cutting the phone lines. When we get to this, and you might have it in yours, but when he was like running rampant and like getting in touch and people found out about BTK, that would be the first thing women would do when they would come home. Yep, they would check their check phone lines. Check the wires. phone lines. And if there was a dial tone, they were fine. Yep. And if there wasn't, then they'd freak the fuck out. Yeah, and there were even – and we'll sure talk about it later, but, yeah, there were even a few um, – potential victims that he only stalked and Mm -hmm. he never actually did anything with them but he cut their phone lines and then they later just by him cutting the phone lines they knew that it was btk and that they were potential victims of btk yeah one lady completely moved out of fucking wichita because she was so fucking scared yeah which i mean fuck yeah i would be too yeah but um yeah so when he was cutting the phone wires he noticed uh, that there were fresh paw prints in the yard and it was January, so I imagine it was probably snowing, which is why he noticed that. Um, and he did not know that the Oteros had a fucking dog. You mean that he stalked these people? He stalked these people in depth, got their fucking phone number from the public library, <laughs> but yet didn't fucking realize no. that they had a dog. Yeah. And also, the Otero family, they, um, I believe they came from Mexico. Mm-hmm. And they. Had no reason to be overly cautious, but when they moved here, they had um, and he had something to do with the with um, airplanes, I believe Joseph Otero. That's why they moved up here. Um, but they put all of their kids through like self defense classes. They got a dog for protection. Like I don't know w- why they they did that. Maybe because it was because they were coming to a yeah. fucking brand new country. Yeah. Like I don't know. But like a son of the times. Yeah, I d- like they <laughs> – like (laughs) it's a sign of the times I know that (laughs) one. but like a sign of the times back in that day that wasn't something that was typical that's something like nowadays people would be like I need self-defense just to have it back then yeah and that's why it's so it's so weird too that this happened to them Mm -hmm. um but so he noticed that there were the paw prints and he admitted that he almost backed out of the whole thing because he had not accounted for a dog. Yeah. And instead, he Gee fucking he did what he's about to fucking do. Um, so he entered the, the house. And I think it was reported, too, that the dog was barking. The dog was inside at the time. And the boy, Joseph Jr., had opened the back door to let the dog out because the dog had alerted that something was going on. Yeah. And then when he opened the door, Dennis was there, showed him the gun, and forcefully had entered the home. And then that's when, um, Hmm. you know, Julie started screaming. The kids were fucking freaked out. And little did Dennis know that Mr. Otero was home at the time. And this is another thing that he did not account for. Yeah. And the only reason that Mr. Otero was home is because he had been in a bad car accident and he had like broken or bruised some ribs. So he was at home on leave from work to recover. So Dennis is going through this whole like, fuck, what do I do? What do yeah, I fucking do? Yeah, it's too fucking late. He yeah, doesn't have a mask on. If he doesn't have a mask on. They know they can identify him. Yeah. So he starts to make up this backstory about how he's an escaped criminal. Yeah. He just needs food and money and, like, an escape car. Yeah. And he starts talking to them. He's, like, showing them the gun. Because at first, um, Mr. Otero thought it was a joke put up by his brother-in-law. Like, he didn't believe what was going on until Dennis was like, here's my gun. This is the kind of gun that it is, and I'm dead fucking serious. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, like – will comply with what you're asking like you can take our car you can you know there's not much gas in it we really don't have that much money because they weren't well off and he was just like you could take some shit and fucking pawn it for money like we don't care just please like completely believing this ruse yeah exactly that that he was going to be if they complied with him that he that they were going to be untouched which to circle back around to show Bundy did ruses too yeah and so did well, not Ed Kemper, but he, you know, tried to make people yeah. feel a sense of comfort. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Ted Bundy did all that too. So, um, you know, Dennis was like, "Hey, I was in the I was in the Air Force because he had like an Air Force parka on, yeah. and he knew that Mister Otero had some tie to military because, like I said, I think he did planes. Um, so he's forcing them to do like all of this small talk with him, and then he's like okay, now we're now I'm going to get into this game that I'm going to play with you guys. So Dennis had brought his, like, hit kit or mm-hmm. whatever with him. And so then at this point, after all the small talk, he then ties all of them up with, like, I don't know, like electrical tape or, like, duct tape that he had brought. And, again, this goes back to how much of a bumbling idiot he was. <laughs> they started complaining that their hands hurt. So yeah. he kept fucking with the tape. And redoing it and redoing it. And then he finally took it off and used, um, um, what is it? Like, like linen, um, like clothesline? Yeah, like clothesline kind mm-hmm. of things. Um, and that's what he, yeah, like clothesline shit and mm-hmm. just like tied them up with that. And he, yeah, and they just kept fucking complaining that it was uncomfortable. So yeah. he, just kept, he just keeps fucking with them, yeah. knowing that he's going to fucking kill them, and he just keeps trying to do this weird, like, comfort thing. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't even go to the extent of, like, putting a pillow down for Mr. Yes, Otero. when he goes yeah, – literally, yes. When he goes to put a bag over Joseph Fortero's head, he puts a pillow down so that his rib didn't hurt. <laughs> I just – Uh, that logic i don't fucking understand but so mr otero um ultimately had a bag put over his head and dennis strangled him um with rope and he did the same thing for julie his Mm -hmm. wife um that was ultimately how they passed away um and then their son joseph jr was taken into a separate room and he had a bag placed over his head and yeah. was suffocated with didn't rope Didn't it well. when he tried to kill the Mr. and Mrs. Rotero didn't, it, like, they keep coming back? Like, yes, because yeah. he didn't know. He even admitted, I didn't know how much power it takes to suffocate someone which or strangle is, someone. Which is the same thing Ed Kemper said. Yes. Was he didn't know he how didn't, much yeah. strength it took to strangle somebody. Yes. To put them fully. Yeah. To, yeah. To fully So it was them. complete chaos yeah and they and they showed uh, like on their bodies there were so many ligature marks around their necks because he wasn't torturing them because there's a lot of speculation that he tortured people he didn't he just didn't know how to fucking strangle them yeah so then you have all these ligature marks from the rope because he had to keep fucking doing it because he would think he killed one and then they would then the other one would come alive and then he'd be like fuck and then try to kill that one and then it was just this it was like a -a whack-a-mole exactly (laughs) a -a whack-a-mole situation yeah and so yeah so but ultimately he you know finally suffocated the both of them um and then did the same for joseph jr and some other speculation is that when joseph jr was found is that there were um, there was a chair and the chair had left Like, it had been sitting there long enough with enough weight on it that it left little, like, carpet marks. Yeah, so they assumed. And they thought that he was sitting there watching this kid struggle. But he said, I did not watch them struggle. It was just the fact that I didn't know how to strangle someone at that point. But I would tell you if I sat there and watched the the 9-year-old struggle. Yeah, and I don't want to, like – I mean, he's a a fucking serial killer, so I don't want to believe him. But I feel like it was his first murder – it went – it was fucking chaos. I don't think – he didn't have time to sit no, he and watch Joseph Jr. He was doing. Like, die. No. No. Because I can only imagine the amount of time that it took for all of this to happen. Yes. There's no way. And he, it's it's one man, four people, trying to keep eyes on all of them. Yeah. And he and, already didn't expect for fucking Mr. Otero to be there. Yeah. Who's – probably his size or yeah. just a little bit bigger than him. Yeah. So i i don't think that that was the case i think that he said that he had put joseph on the chair somehow and that's like to use it to like hold him down somehow um and i also remember i don't know if you're gonna say this i'm sorry um but like he would put a bag over their head and they would eat through the bag Yeah, they would bite through the bag. And then at one point, he just goes, yes, so the bags were going to be a problem. Yeah. Like, Like, when I say it was a clusterfuck, it was a clusterfuck. Literal a clusterfuck. He just would have been better to fucking leave and, I don't know, go kill himself. He was a bumbling idiot from start to finish of this whole fucking thing. It wasn't smooth, and I really want to make sure we hit home on this. And, like, none of these murders went smooth. Or how he pictured them to go. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, it something was a, had, it was always a had to fucking happen. Fucking shit show from start yeah. to finish with everything. With every fucking thing, um, he, he just acts like he's the suave. Like, I'm a serial like you know because he wanted the he wanted yes. the, to be glorified with all these. He wanted to go down in history with all these other serial killers and that he was he was the best. Yeah, and I know, want you all not, to know. Yeah, and we're not <laughs> glorifying serial killers by no. any fucking means. But he thought that he because he idolized like. Ted Bundy and Jeffrey yes. Dahmer and all these other people. So he thought that he was, and I'm using this with air quotes, as good as they were. Yeah. And he was not. He was He's not. He's just the same piece of shit who didn't know what He's the fuck he the was Walmart doing. He's the Walmart version. He takes bits and pieces of these serial killers and their MO that he likes and made this piece yeah. of shit version. Yeah. So, and this is, oh, I'm going to put another trigger warning in here because this is pretty fucking yeah, this disgusting. Is, yeah. Um, So Josephine was the last one that he ended up killing. And he killed her differently than the other three. He he did suffocate her so that she was, like, passed out. And and then she came to, and she was very disoriented. And what he did is he took her, and he said that he wanted to hang her. And keep in mind, too, I think that she died different from everyone else because she was the intended victim from day one. So what he did is he took her downstairs into their basement and hung her from a water pipe. And while he was doing that, he basically undressed her, had these weird sexual fantasies while touching her and himself. Mm-hmm. And I'll, you know, leave it at yeah. that. Um, and she suffocated from being hung. Um, so after all of this fucked up shit um dennis goes back upstairs steals mr otero's watch and a radio from the house he then drives their car to a dylan's parking lot dylan's is a grocery store by the way and just leaves it there and then dawns on him i left my knife where the fuck is my knife at he realizes (laughs) it's at the fucking otero's house somewhere in the fucking house so, like a fucking idiot, he then drives his own car back to their house to search for it. And then he he's and he searching, and finally he goes outside. It's where he cut the wires. Yeah. So he goes back into his own fucking crime scene to search for this fucking knife and in his own vehicle. It finds it, and then fucking drives away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we say this man was not smart, we mean this man was not smart. Yeah. Just... And it's fascinating that he got away with this shit for, like, 30 fucking years. Yeah. Anyway. So that was in January of 1974, and his next victim would then be April 4th of 1974, and her name was Catherine Bright. Um, she was a 21-year-old student who lived um, over by the Wichita State University. Um, she was found stabbed to death in her house And at the time, they did not—the police did not realize that the Otero family and Catherine would be tied together. Yeah. um, Because they were—obviously, they found the Otero family, and they were trying to do the investigation of that to figure out what was going on. Um, And also for this one with Catherine, um, Dennis did not have his hit kit with him. He had just stuffed his jacket full of bullshit and, like, paper bags and and a gun. He was— Again, not prepared for this one. Um, So, Catherine Bright was a student, and I was a little confused by this, but I'm just going to talk it out. (laughs) So, um, I read and heard that she was a University of Kansas student, and that's KU, and that's actually located in Lawrence, Kansas, which is about 40 minutes from where we are, so probably still about three, three and a half hours from Wichita. So, I was unclear if she had just graduated from KU and moved down to Wichita, because that's where she was from, or she had transferred schools, whatever it was, but she was not a Wichita State student. She just happened to live down the street from the campus. Yeah. what? Something that people who aren't familiar with the area would just go okay and not think anything yeah, about yeah, it, but, but it we're is like, uh, like uh, why was she there then? Or because she had a whole house to herself, yeah. that she lived in by herself yeah. away at Wichita State. So I, I wasn't clear if she was a student or not, and I'm not really positive. Um, but Dennis had, you know, had been stalking her, knew where she lived and so he knew that if he parked at the wichita state university campus that he could walk to her house mm-hmm. from there so he drove his car parked it there walked from the campus to her house um, he had broken a back door window and then basically just was waiting for her so he just cleaned up the glass and headed towards the bedroom well <laughs> while he's heading to the bedroom he's all nervous he's all worked yeah. up he's fumbling with shit he fucking accidentally shoots the gun off, <laughs> so a round goes into her fucking bathroom door. And I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, just, I don't know. <laughs> and fucking leave or just sit down. What's funny to me is, like, when the investigators came in to look at this crime scene, they were probably trying to piece together... The bullet hole in her bathroom door, and they're like, Well, maybe like she fought, you know, or something happened. Oh, I'm sure that they were just like, Well, where's this straight? It's just from him being a fucking idiot. (laughs) And it's like, No, it it was not meant to happen. He's just a fucking dumb. And then I picture him like in the bathroom and it go off, and he's like, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, going, God damn it, Dennis, get it together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that day, Catherine had actually come home early. Which I don't really think that it threw Dennis off because he was already in the house. Yeah. But what did fuck him up is the fact that her brother, Kevin, was with her hmm. again, un- yeah. un- unaccounted for. Yeah. So <laughs> Dennis is already inside waiting, and he hears her enter the house, and then she hears, or he hears her talking, and then he hears another male voice, and, and he's, he's like, like fuck. fuck, someone else is in here. Yeah. So again, he's like, well, what do I fucking do? So, and mind you, he and they've already got a bullet hole in her and bathroom. They've already got a fucking bullet hole in the bathroom. Hopefully, she doesn't see it. And so, just hangs a picture over it. <laughs> He's like, put this over. Here. Puts a towel over it. He's like, don't look. Don't look at that. Um. So, and again, he didn't have his hit kit with him. He just had his gun. So, he comes out of the bedroom and holds them at gunpoint. And at this point. Like they're trying, he's you know making up stories to try to get them to comply with what he wants, and so Dennis is making Kevin, Catherine's brother, tie her up. Well, he's making her him tie her up with like fucking bandanas that he found <laughs> in her like sock drawer, like because yeah. he didn't have any of a shit with him, no, like a dumbass. So then you know they he ties his sister up, and then Dennis goes to try Kevin tie Kevin up and then he goes he thinks that Kevin's not going to be a problem when he's tied with these fucking bandanas (laughs) so then he puts his attention to Catherine and he's trying to you know like strangle her suffocate her and then Kevin gets loose and he starts to attack Dennis well then Dennis still has the gun and he shoots Kevin in the head and he doesn't go to check to see if he had actually like killed him he just assumed because i put a you know i put the gun to his head that he's dead yeah so miraculously yeah and 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 kevin is not dead he's just like unconscious for a second so um he starts to you know strangle Catherine again but since her Rope. I'm using air quotes. It was a fucking bandana. It wasn't tied well at all. So she's getting loose, putting up a fight, and you know, trying to fucking get Dennis out of their house. So then Dennis has a knife and he begins to stab her, Mm -hmm. and that's ultimately how she dies. Um, Because he panicked. Yeah, he He just started panicking. He was like, I don't know what to do. Because this isn't working. I don't have my shit with me in order to have made this somewhat work. Yeah. And so then as he's doing that, he hears a strange noise of someone getting up in the door closing. It was Kevin because yeah. Kevin was not fucking dead. Um, he ran out of the house screaming, running down the street, running to neighbor's house. So Dennis cleans up what he can and then took off. Mm-hmm. So um, Kevin ends up making it over to um, a neighbor's house. And where Dennis shot him was, like, through his jaw. So if he talked, he was just spewing out blood. Ugh, yeah. And so it was just this this awful – I can't imagine someone coming to my fucking door not being able to talk, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? But he was able to be like, you know, call the police. Like, yeah. someone just, you know, broke into my sister's home and is killing us, trying to kill us. Yeah. Um, Catherine was not dead at the house, but she later died from her stab wounds at the hospital. Kevin is still alive to this day, and he was actually present at the trial of of Dennis. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of the trial, I just had to make a side note about it. Um, so you can watch the entire... Yeah. Um, it's like 45 minutes to an hour long of him confessing all of these yeah, murders. Yeah, and recounting all the murders. Yes. And so when he comes to tell the courtroom about this one um he couldn't remember Catherine's name at first he said Catherine, and then went oh wait and then looked at a piece of paper and goes yes Catherine." and i'm like you piece of shit who else did you fucking shoot in the face like yeah i'm stabbed i wonder if that's because to him it wasn't done how he wanted it done so he doesn't count it i wonder you know because like no i think he does yeah i think it's just because he's a fucking asshole yeah, and just doesn't care. It just because, doesn't fucking Because care. during this whole trial, he was just so – Oh, it was so matter-of-fact. You know, like, and then I like, – Yeah, and the judge was like, I need you to give me details on how, you know, you did this to so-and-so. Well, um, you know, I just – I put a bag over their head, and um, I just strangled them. Yeah. He's just so, like, nonchalant, like he doesn't fucking care. Um, and then he also said that if he were to have brought his own hit kit, Kevin would be dead today. And he goes, I'm not bragging. That's just a matter of fact. I'm like, shut up, Dennis. I also love how it might have been in the trial. I can't remember. But when he was recounting, like, you know, everything that happened, like, between him and Kevin and the struggle. Yeah. He, during this, I think it was in the trial, because the entire time he, anytime he can brag and pat, quote unquote, pat himself on the back, he does. But he was talking about, like, in the struggle, somehow Kevin got the gun goes to shoot him and this is what he says he's like I put my finger in the barrel and stopped the bullet <laughs> Dennis no you wouldn't have a fucking phalange. Is this Looney Tunes? <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, where like it just fucking like blows back for a yeah. second. No. He's a fucking idiot. So I'm like you mean the the gun jammed. Like yeah, you you are not fucking like <laughs> Thor or Captain America here. You're not stopping shit. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I just had to fucking laugh at that. I was like, "Yeah, okay, you stuck your finger in yeah, the barrel." You stopped a bullet, okay? <laughs> fucking piece of shit. So, um, the police got to the scene. They asked her brother um, to report anything and everything that he could recall, but because of his head wound um, and his fucking jaw, um, he couldn't—literally could not say much other than he was attacked by a man who was approximately five eleven and wearing a silver watch. This is the same watch that he stole Uh, from Joseph Otero. Jesus. Um, So while, you know, all this shit with Catherine and the Otero family is going on, um, the police come out and say that they found three men tied to the Otero murders. And Dennis throws a goddamn fit because he's a Mm shithead. And he's like, I can't. That was me. Someone else is taking credit for my shit. So because he's attention-seeking, this is when we get the first communication um, via a letter to the police. And he basically said, if you don't catch me, more people will die. And he was like, who you think did this did not. It was me, blah, blah, blah. And just (laughs) – I also read something that he was pissed off that it was wasting taxpayers' money. Oh, I'm sure he got so <laughs> mad about weird, stupid shit. Yeah, because he's like, "That's my money," because he was a taxpayer. Yeah, and he was like, "You're wasting my money," and I'm like, "You're fucking killing people, Dennis." So yeah, you fucking calm waste the, the space. fuck down. Jesus. Get your priorities straight. Just she, he needs to sort out his priorities. So, on October 22nd, 1974, Don Granger, a reporter for the Wichita Eagle, got a phone call about the Otero murder. Mm. And it was like, hello, I'd like to play a game. <laughs> it wasn't like that. I feel like that's <laughs> off of a scary movie. It is. It's from Saul. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was told that there was a letter in a book in the public library. Um, so, Don... Like a fucking scavenger hunt. It is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And so then Don called the police and, you know, told him everything, and they did find a letter um, in the section that he was told to go to, and it was in a book called Applying Engineering, Applied Engineering Mechanics, and in there they found a typo-riddled letter, because Dennis could not spell, mm. um, containing information about basically who BTK was as far as, like, this monster that he yeah. was describing himself as. Um, in that same letter is when he named himself. I was gonna say, is this he BTK? Named his... Isn't then he gave like you can pick which one? Yeah, he listed <sighs> off, and there's another podcast called Morbid, and they had a bunch of different information. Um, and I'm not sure where they got their information from, but it's definitely worth a listen because they yeah, do really like good. a deep, deep dive into oh. all of it. But yeah, he gave out like ten different names that he wanted to be called. But they are just like, well, you already said that you wanted to be called BTK, so yeah. we'll just fuck I just with feel that. like you can't give yourself a nickname, Dennis. Let's go back to kindergarten. Yeah. You can't give yourself a nickname. Yeah, you have to be, a nickname is bestowed upon you. Yeah, you can't just take that and be like, call me this. Well, the same dot Eagle um, that was called ends up getting a letter um, from someone taking responsibility from the Otero murders, which was including crime scene details, which they knew that only the killer would know that stuff. So then after after he starts communicating, mm-hmm. he takes a three-year break from killing. And a part of the reason why he had to step back is because his wife became pregnant and they had their first child, Brian Rader. Yeah. Um, he so called those social obligations. <laughs> Like, sure, Dennis, I guess. There was fucking names for everything. Yeah, everything had these cryptic, weird fucking names that, in all honesty, didn't fucking make sense. (laughs) Do you want to talk about the sparky big time? Oh, God. (laughs) So, we, Emily... Like this is part of Emily's part and she couldn't find this anywhere except for Morbid which we just talked about and they did a great fucking job. They did um they said that when Dennis orgasmed, yeah. It was he called it Sparky big time. Ugh. <laughs> I can't, man. Oh, you're right. They did three parts. They did three. Okay. Three parts. So, and we couldn't Emily, I, I, I don't think Emily wanted to fucking say that, it's, and I don't, <laughs> I don't think Emily wanted to look farther into that. We were just like, okay, yeah, but he had a name for every fucking thing. Dennis's next murder was going to take place March seventeenth, nineteen seventy seven. Dennis was going to murder an unnamed victim on Green Street, and he called that Project Green. <laughs> oh, original. original. <laughs> um, and this was odd to me as well he had put his hit kit in like a briefcase and went and knocked on her door and because she didn't answer the door he went he just left it alone which is That's not, not at like all him. what yeah. he's been doing with these other He just been fucking breaking in Um. so I thought that was very interesting and then he drove around to like all these other women's houses that he was stalking to be like mm-hmm. oh, where do I want to go next and Like, a a troll, like he said. So, as he's driving around, he spots a boy walking home with, like, a can of soup or some shit. And he was like, all right, I'm going to figure out where this little kid's going. Fucking pedophile, all right? What grown man is stopping for a little boy on his way home? Pedophiles. Pedophiles. Chris Hansen. This is Chris Hansen. So, he stops – the car, and asked this little boy, "Have you seen these people?" And he holds up a picture of his fucking family, so his wife <sighs> and his son, and goes, "Someone took them. They're missing." He makes up this fucking story to, like, I don't know, like a fucking seven-year-old Jesus, boy, and he's you like, me find my dog." Yeah, and he's like, "No, sir, I haven't seen them." Well, are you sure you haven't seen that? No, sir, I have not seen this family. And he's like, "Okay, well, thanks. Let me kn- let me know if you see them." Here's my business, <laughs> Here's my card. business card. Yeah, like what the. Dennis. Dennis so Rader, then, BTK. <laughs> That's what's on the fucking business card. Dennis Raider. <laughs> major BLT maker. Extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. I make a mean BLT. Make a mean BLT. Stop by any time. So after this kid is like, no, I really, I haven't seen these people. I, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Um, sir stop talking to me sir please leave the vicinity my mom's sick i just have to take her some soup yeah and so the, and that's what he ultimately finds out is that his mm-hmm. mom was sick at home and uh, you know him and his siblings are, are at the house trying to take care of their mom and then at this time dennis is like oh yeah this is where i'm fucking going because there was a vulnerable female with just children at yeah. the house so he's like this is this is it this is my next fucking murder jackpot So Dennis follows this boy home, and he, like, waits outside of the house. He doesn't just, like, follow him in there. So kid goes home. He's hanging out with his siblings, whatever. And then a short time later, Dennis comes and knocks on the door. Yeah. And then it wasn't the kid who he had followed, but it was his brother. And he just opens the door. Because, mind you, it's the fucking 70s, so, you know, whatever. It's not weird for people to show up to your house and just knock on the door. So – opens up the door and then the boy who he had followed realizes oh shit this is that dude that was talking me out the street yeah dennis forces his way into the house and he's like um he starts like close on the blinds and shit and he's like go go get your mother i'm an fbi agent and my family's missing blah blah blah, blah. so after he's like you need to go get your mom i'm this fbi agent you know, my fucking family's missing. All this weird shit. Just, you know, fucking making up these stories like Dennis does. A ruse. A ruse. So, Shirley Vianne came down the stairs, and she's, like, I don't know, had the flu or some shit. Yeah. Or cold. She's feeling, like, Under ass. the weather. So, she drags herself out of bed, comes down there, and she's like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Clearly who the there's, fuck are you? Yeah. Clearly, there's a hostage situation about to happen in this house. So... um. When Shirley came down, Dennis got, like, visibly excited
1: because he's, you know.
0: Sparky big time. Sparky big time. Ugh. Um. So, you know, because Shirley had these kids, he he decided that he was going to put the kids into the bathroom, and if he had time, he would then kill the children. Oh, okay. Priorities. Yeah, priorities. Jesus So Christ. as he's coming up with this and he's mm-hmm. figuring a plan, the phone keeps ringing. The phone. The phone. It's ringing. Ringing. Pick me up. So Dennis is like, fuck,
1: it, I yeah. need someone's
0: coming. I need to hurry because that means that someone's either alerting her that they're on their way, expecting her to be somewhere like this phone call has now put me in a time crunch. Yeah. So if I have time, I'll kill the kids. If I don't, fuck it. So Dennis goes and puts the kids into the upstairs bathroom. I'm pretty sure it was upstairs because that's where the mom was. So goes and puts them in this bathroom, and then to- <laughs> like toys and shit, right? Yeah, he like, like goes like like it's a fucking dog, like you know, here, <laughs> here's your toys, look at your treats, <laughs> and fucking like sh- shoves them in there with like these toys and shit to keep them entertained. And then he also fashions a rope so that the kids couldn't open the door, mm-hmm. and so they're just fucking blocked. Yeah, in it was there. like uh, like held by like a piece of furniture, and then like the rope. I don't know, fucking yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah, because I, yeah, I didn't look. There were no pictures to my knowledge that showed how this was fashioned but anyway so that they couldn't get out and he basically subjects these kids to having to hear their mom be suffocated strangled and put up a fight in the next fucking room like they could hear everything going on yeah and they're like beating on the door Yeah, like they're just like my mom yeah yeah. freaking out the one the, the eldest kid that i believe is the one that he followed him home he was like, I'm gonna cut this rope. And he just goes, If you fucking cut that rope, I'll come and blow your head off. Like Jeez. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, Dennis, it's a fucking kid. Like yeah. it, but he doesn't fucking care. Um so he unfortunately murders Shirley and at this point he he gets all of his shit together and he realizes he wanted to kill these kids, yeah. but he had the thought process of I do not have time anymore because this took long enough already. And that phone call is what kept him from that. kept those kids alive basically. Yeah. So when they heard Dennis leave the house, they broke the bathroom window and they hoisted themselves out. And the front door of their house was still unlocked from when Dennis entered and, um, and exited. So they ran, you know, back into the mm-hmm. house and they fucking yeah. find their mom and she's, you know, she's dead. So then they run over to the neighbor's house, freaking out, call the police. Our mom's dead. Someone broke in. And, um, you know, police show up and everything. Um, And unfortunately, because it had been three years since his last string of killings, the police didn't connect at first that this was Dennis, like that everything tied back to the Oteros and Catherine Bright. Um, So after this murder, Dennis writes a poem bragging about his success and he calls this shirley locks and i'm not going to read you the poem if you want to read it you can it creeps out out. i don't like that i just don't like it he's fucking gross i don't his words gross me out (laughs) so (laughs) he sent this excuse me he sent this to the wichita eagle but they didn't do anything with it Mm -hmm. at first i think it took another Letter and a phone call to um, the K A K E T V station. Yeah, and then they went back and found that letter and then published it because he was like, "You need to give me attention. You need to do this." Blah blah blah, like making demands of the fucking paper. He wanted to be like uh, Ted of the West Coast. Yeah, is this the letter where he was like, "How many? Ki- how many people do I have to kill to get the notoriety I deserve?" Um, like Ted of the West Coast. Yeah, and just being like, f- <laughs> a fucking dumbass talking about fucking ted bundy like he's almost on like first name basis with ted bundy he's like hey me and ted my homeboy we're close no (laughs) no dennis no one fucking likes you ted bundy would be like who the fuck are you yeah him and ted bundy no ted bundy would not have liked him no ted bundy would have murdered him immediately (laughs) on site slaughter probably (laughs) Um, no ruse needed no ruse needed he could just tell he was a shithead a few months after um shirley Bayan passed away was murdered um december 8th of 1977 dennis's next victim nancy fox is found tied up and strangled in her home and nancy was 25 years old this was reported to say that this was his perfect murder stupid i don't even know what the fuck that means so nancy came home unaware that dennis was in her apartment waiting for her and he did the same bullshit yeah broke in cleaned up the glass made it so that it looked like there was nothing suspecting right when you walk in yeah so and he had cut her phone lines as well and nancy was like what the fuck like when he first you know when she first noticed that he's in her fucking apartment and he was like Don't freak out. I have a sexual problem, and all I want to do is just tie you up and take pictures and, like, rape you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, What the (laughs) fuck? And so, you know, whatever. So she's like, I can't fight this man. Like, I think that she was, like, a petite woman. So he made her get on the bed, and I think it was, like, she was, like, on her stomach. And he got on top of her and acted like he was just going to, you know, do what he fucking said. He pulls out, um, I believe it was a belt, and mm-hmm. s- just chokes her and strangles her. And then, uh, another trigger warning, he then masturbated into her underwear while she was suffocating. Uh, <sighs> uh, uh. Is this the one where he, like, whispered in her ear, I'm PT? It's speculated, Like he, I think. The only person who would know would be him, and, you know, that's something that he would lie yeah, about. And you yeah, you take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, so after um, Dennis killed Nancy Fox, uh, the next day is when he reports it to the police. So he calls the police himself, and he goes, um, you will find a homicide at 843 South Pershing. Her name's Nancy Fox. Mm. And then he just fucking hangs up. Bye. Bye. And funny enough the he used a phone booth because yeah. those were still around and the person that he passed going into the phone booth was a fucking firefighter in wichita <laughs> and when he I, I don't know how it came about to the realization that like oh i had just passed this phone call happening and i don't know if dennis hung up the phone if i think if it, the, it was like left hang- i think it was hanging. just left hanging yeah. so when he picked it up he was like hello and they were just like, did you just report about murder, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, what the fuck's going on? Oh, fuck. So they then had to question him and be like, what did you see? And he was like, I honestly didn't. I just didn't wanted to make a phone call. Yeah, he was like, I just wanted to fucking make a Order call. Order a pizza. <laughs> I'm trying to call Domino's. <laughs> and so he was just like, I didn't fucking pay attention because uh, like what I why 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 would I? Yeah, like, it's I just didn't know that the mundane task of just I I'm going to make this phone call oh good it's uh, the booth is empty excuse yeah, me sir yeah exactly so it was kind of fucking creepy but this is you know the first time that Dennis Raders voice is captured on like a yeah. phone call um and then on February 10th of 1978 a letter from BTK is sent to K A K E TV uh, claiming responsibilities Once again, for the Otero family, because he has to fucking have credit for everything. So it's about the Otero family, the Vianne murder, and Nancy Fox, as well as, um, I believe, the lady who was supposed to be at Green Street. I think that, um, because it just says, unnamed victim. So I think it was that he was stalking people, basically. Um, And he sent in a drawing that he did of Nancy tied up on the bed, as well as a poem that he wrote called, Oh, Death to Nancy. Mm. And again, I'm not going to read you these creepy fucking poems from this nasty little... Oh, but don't worry, I'm going to be reading one in part two. Haley's going to treat you to one in part two, but (laughs) I will not be treating you to any. Um, So after this, the police chief at the time announces that there is a serial killer at large and he's threatening to strike again. So they're finally... And admitting this, yeah. that we've got a we've fucking got a, we've problem. Got a problem we've got and a problem and this is when people start checking their phone lines and oh yeah fucking the people yeah. of wichita are fucking spiraling like yeah. they are not fucking well which every fucking right to yeah be. oh god yeah yeah so basically so basically dennis rader just wanted status and media attention and he thought he was so clever and powerful by taunting the police and and not getting caught this whole time so The police were extremely frustrated because Raider had such an odd pattern of murders that they couldn't pinpoint when his next one was going to be, like, you know, who he was stalking because it was just such an odd hit hit and miss. Yeah. Um, So after he stirs up all this shit with all these letters, the murders, these cries for attention, he stops for seven years. And within the seven years – He goes back to school at Wichita State for criminal science, and I heard from Catherine Ramsland, yes, that um, he admitted that he did this to get a better understanding of the criminal side and how he could continue to not get caught. Yeah. So he goes through, gets his whole fucking degree, like the Golden State Killer. Yeah. Yeah. And so he goes and does this whole degree, and he also at this time has his second child, uh, Carrie Raider um in 1978 yeah so i heard this and i had to laugh and i have to ask you if you if you sparky big time it's close to that (laughs) do you know why he picked nancy fox i don't think i know i don't know because her last name fox reminded him of the word sex ew (laughs) what because they both end with an x yeah i guess did you also know that a lot of these victims were picked based on the number three? Yes. He had an obsession too. with the number three. Yeah. When he wanted a victim, he looked for the layout of their homes. Like, he would watch them and stalk them. Um, women who lived alone, and mm-hmm. they had no dogs, and they were petite, and there had to be a three in the address, or a a, a three, a six, or a nine. Like, something that was divisible yeah. by three. Yeah. Because he was he fascinated with weird, the number three. Yeah. I wonder if it's because sex has three letters. That just I just pulled that, and my you ass. can backwards the e so that it's three. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then there's like you know S3X. Yeah, maybe. Fucking stupid ass Dennis Raider, and that's part one of stupid ass Dennis Raider. That is part one. We're gonna stop um, at the seven year period, and then Haley will take it back over when yes. he decides to fucking crawl out of the asshole the hidey hole that was the other thing he has was hidey holes oh disgusting he had what he called hidey holes where he would hide these pictures that he took at the crime scenes and like all this shit like the rope and everything he used like journals that he would keep of you know recounting these like in these hidey holes now and correct me if i'm wrong because there's a movie it's called clove hitch killer yes yes dylan mcdermott is in it mm-hmm. and he this this story is the story of btk yeah so as i was doing this research because i had watched that movie before i started doing like in-depth research on this so correct me if i'm wrong here because i could be get confusing it with the movie w- weren't there wasn't there like these little hidey holes yeah weren't wasn't there like didn't he go back to like an old house or, like, a safe or something and put – because he kept trophies, like Underwear, yeah, jewelry, IDs, a lot of jewelry. jewelry. Uh-huh. Didn't he go and put that into one particular place, or is it these little hidey holes that you're talking about? I'm not sure, but I know he did hide some things at his like parent in like his parents' barn or something. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, because the, that movie, this Clove Hitch movie, it's so it's such a good fucking movie because it's literally yeah, it is BTK to a fucking T, except for like two parts of the fucking yeah. movie. But, yeah, so I was just, like, I don't remember if that was just because I had that image in my head because of the movie or if yeah. I had heard that on a podcast. Well, and I know, like, a lot of people, like, ridiculed his wife. Like, how did you not know? But if they were, like, these about the, all these hiding holes, you have all the shit hiding in your house. How didn't you know? Well, they were, like, false doors and, like, behind shit. Like, he thought he yeah. was a fucking spy where he would hide this shit. And he had a shed that he would hide the shit in at his parents' house. He would even... He practiced cutting glass in his, like, sh- one of his shed windows to practice cutting glass. So that way he would be able to break in easier. Oh, my God. Like, he was fucking psycho with yeah. how – Well, and I and I really don't think that – because and – and I'm going to say this because of a story that um, I had heard in a documentary. So when, when all of these BTK letters were being published in the newspaper and Wichita Eagles writing uh-huh. all these articles – his He was reading it at his kitchen table, like yep. eating his fucking eggs and bacon, yeah, drinking his fucking cup of joe, uh-huh. reading about him fuck himself. And I remember they said one time him and his wife were watching the news and they were talking about BTK and it freaked her the fuck out. And she was scared to death. She yeah. would go, when she came home, she would check the phone lines. Yeah. And he's just like playing into it. Yeah. And he's like, and then I th- remember his daughter being scared of BTK yeah. and him looking at her and go, he won't get you. Yeah. Like, like I'm not going to kill my own family. Yes. (laughs) You silly goose. I'm not going to kill my own family. But Uh, unbeknownst to them, you know, whatever. But when they're reading these newspaper articles, she's standing over him, like, you know, reading it over his shoulder, and she goes, that's funny. He misspells that word the same way you do. And then at that moment in time, Dennis literally said to these uh, people interviewing him that, he thought he was gonna have to kill his wife that day fuck well it's funny you say that because in the when he's watching the news with his wife they had like um, a sketch or something of what they think he looks oh, like shit. and she's like huh he kind of looks like you joking it was a pure fucking yeah, joke yeah, yeah and that he was like fuck like you said am i gonna have to fucking kill my wife yeah like, is she, and then i is guess she his, onto and then i guess his wife i guess in both of these instances she just let it go yeah like she didn't even think about it yeah because probably because it was such a far-fetched fetched idea, idea because but like, he was so good at cubing like he called yeah. it there was different sides to this cube and whatever one he was showing was how he was portraying himself yeah yeah and they never would have fucking thought that this family guy this you know loving you know christian and dad and husband could yeah, be I think they were lutheran i yes. don't really know the difference between uh, them, but either way either way church going man uh, church going man could, could do something like this yeah well that finishes up our part one we'll have part two up in a few weeks for you guys i mean we're recording it today as well but for you guys you don't get to hear it for a couple weeks um and yeah so thanks for listening anything else you want to say emily schwimmily i don't think so not for this one we'll see you on part we'll 2 we'll see you next time bye guys bye